Well, hello, everybody. I missed that mute. Oh, damn it. First, start the show with a mistake. Always works. Uh, uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk. This is the podcast to do with music technology and um, creation of music, uh, synthesizers, drum machines, software, uh, delivery, the consume, consu- consumption, consumation is a different thing, of music. It's all to do with the technology of music. And uh, welcome. I see I'm wearing my summery shirt because it's finally summer has broken in the U- UK and it is blindingly hot here. In fact, you can probably hear my noise gate cutting in and out the rather noisy air conditioning that we've got in the room, but that's that's neither here nor there. But I want to say uh, welcome to all our friends over on the various chat rooms. Uh, we've got IRC, we've got the YouTube, and then we've got Discord. I'm streaming to Discord. Um, we've got a stage there, so uh, every week. We don't get many people listening, but I'm going to do it because it doesn't actually, it's no extra overhead. So welcome to all of you people. Uh, I want to say thank you very much to all of our um, listeners. Very much welcome. In fact, uh, one of the things that we've started doing, and I will plug it because uh, why why not? Um, not only can you see our stuff on Alexa, on Google, on po- uh, all the sort of usual audio podcasts, uh, we also stream this live to Facebook, but now I've started to record the pre-show. We've had a very interesting discussion with uh, Dom about various things, of fishing and, uh, and some other stuff too. So if you want to watch that, that's going to be available to our patrons, uh, all levels of patrons. So if you head over to Patreon, uh, there's all the details. Uh, I think there's probably a list of it. it's uh, patreon.com slash sonic state and uh, you can see we've got some ad free stuff we're starting to put ad free um, versions of our podcasts and interviews and things just so you can kind of get to it without all the YouTube uh, stuff going on but I want to say thank you to all of the people that have already support us and continue to support us it's most welcome and we're trying to kind of do the right thing ah SDR says on the uh, on the chat I must say uh, oh I thought he said that where where did he say it Oh, maybe it didn't. I must say, I, I, th- I thought something come up. I must say, I thought that the ah, yeah, well, I thought I saw a comment saying that the audio stage is great. So that one person is appreciated, <laughs> is listening to it. <laughs> anyway, um, let's 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 have our guest. We're a bit light on guests, but we've got Dominic Hawken here for Mr. Wiggly, uh, who is, of course, maker of fine. Um, Software, um, the incinerator. I'm just going to bring your website up, which I should have oh, done. That's already. very kind. It's very. I'll try yes, and make up for the lack of people with uh, with enthusiasm. Yeah, that's the, that's the incinerator plugin. There we go. Plug-in. The incinerator plugin. Uh, fresh. Actually, you've been making software for a long time. You know, with the iOS apps and whatnot, and Snuggle Sounds. But this is your first foray into actual the world of plugins. How's that all going? It's it a is. lovely. It's a lovely it's looking really thing, good. and it's a good sounding thing as well. So we. It's yeah. It's really good. I've got lovely, lovely feedback. I'm very close to releasing the kind of first first update since the launch, which will have a bunch of things that people have kind of asked for. Relatively few fixes, which is great, actually. I seem to have got it right. Um, and some enhancements on the reverb and the delays and stuff. So that'll be nice. But yeah, really lovely feedback. Not only from people like Ty on here, but just people who've used it, uh, sending me um, kind of sound clouds of this is what I've used it on, which is really touching and, and yeah, really good. So I, check out I'm, mrweekly.co.uk if you would Absolutely mind, do. To listen to what's going I'm on. told that's one of the things, that's what you hear repeatedly from people who make stuff is the kind of notion of how it uh, affects you know, other people. It's a kind of real buzz for it. I, I did forget one other thing. Last week I was talking about, uh, we've, got, we've now got the ability, so if you're into Super Chat or Super Stickers on YouTube, uh, that was... Uh, Robarth, who was uh, somebody who passed, who gave us a super sticker last week, but we've also got uh, super chats. So now we've got two people in the database. Thank you very much, Ranzi, for your donation. This is all going to go towards uh, when we can finally get the get the gang together, a, a nice big meal, and uh, you know just entertain it. A big thank you to all the people who we can we can help, or, or their Christmas presents, or whatever. I mean, or I might just spend it on shoes. No, I'm not going to do that. I promise <laughs> you. But thank you very much, everybody. Um, yes, uh, those people are asking in the chat room is that. That it. Yes, there's just the two of us this yeah. time. It being summer, people, it's also half term, so people with uh, child commitments and you know work commitments. Uh, that's just the way it goes. But I'm, I, I thank you, Don, for coming over. It's an absolute pleasure. Afternoon. So I've had to um, wheel out the industrial fan next to yeah. me. Oh, to, you've got uh, the same. You've got the cool. same issue. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, so here, so are you, do, you, do you leave it on or do you have you got the noise gate approach? It's on at the moment because uh, when I tried it, if I can get it to avoid the mic, it doesn't seem to come across. And this mic you have to be quite close to. But it's, it's better than that. I have an Alexa uh, plug on it. So I could say switch off the fan or I can just I've got my app so if it does get too noisy I can tap a button and the fan oh, just dies away wow. just, you know, the connected the home 
The connected, well, <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, yeah, I, I would, if, to be honest, if I lived alone, uh, I would do that. The problem I've got is I've got two very impatient uh, women in my house who just want stuff to work. And if it ever breaks, it's like, yeah. why does nothing ever work? And it's like, well, it works most of the time. It's just this thing. So I just try not to complicate life. It yeah. just makes my life yeah. a lot easier. No, uh, this look, is we true. Just, These things are We've just had another sticker in. Uh, I think that's, uh, let's see if it comes in. It should come in. I think it just takes a little while to come through, so I'm hoping that's a, that's Yilan Stim uh, just buying you a pint. So, is it working? Oh, it's probably not bloody working now. I've gone to all that trouble and it's not working. But it, let's see. No, not yet. Well, I've mentioned it, but we'll see how it works. But <laughs> thank you very much. We'll enjoy that. So, yeah, we've got a few topics this week. I mean, it's it's again once we get into summer, things tend to kind of get a little bit uh, light. But as I say, we had a little bit of discussion. You know, just. Uh, X tempo so if you're interested uh, off piste rather so anyway let's get on to uh, let's get on to this this is an interesting one so this hi is hi there Luke from my vaults here uh, I just wanted to introduce you to a new product we have developed uh, it's called Revolt um, you might be familiar with a product we made called Ripcord. Ripcord allows you to USB power things which don't usually have that possibility there was a bit of a blind spot on that in that there are some devices which just take batteries and you can't even power them. We wanted to solve that problem. We started with this small uh, synth here, which requires two AAA batteries. So what we did was we made this little bridge cable, which is a battery-shaped unit on one end. So it allows you to plug in any sort of power cable. This just slips in here. And then what I do is I get another uh, cell, which um, fits into the other space. This is just a dummy battery. It just allows you to, to complete the circuit. That's now something which used to be only battery powered, but now you can just stick a cable in there. We have a, a series of cables, as I said, called ripcord. They're USB on one end, and on the other end, they have a little DC connection. So that just slips. I will not play the whole video. While I was doing that, I was just trying to see why the Super Chats things that I thought were working aren't working. <laughs> so, hey, another bit of technology going wrong. This is quite interesting, actually. This is my, my vaults. I mean, I've used these. These are great, these things. These are... Uh, um, uh, my vaults cables because we use them for uh, certainly when we were doing trade shows we just take like either a, a big battery a big USB power supply and we power things like the kind of routers that we use everything that we can so that everything runs off like maybe two single figure of eights and these are really useful for stepping up the voltage this is a nine volt and the revolts thing I'll show you this because I, they sent one this is one of the reasons I was talking about it because it's actually quite an interesting you get you know one of these but you also get this um, this guy, which is a dummy battery, which has a power supply that you can stick on the side. So you put this in your battery compartment and uh, you can do stuff like uh, you take this out and if you want to make it a a double A as opposed to a triple A, you do that and you've got the same thing for C cells and D cells and you can have multiple ones. And it just seemed like, a you know, it's a, it's a very, it's quite an eco thing to do and also seems quite useful. I mean, it just seems like, you know, They've, they've presented a quite a lot of products and this one, because normally if you haven't got a power input and you can only power things by batteries, then this is your only option unless you're going to be chucked. There's something like uh, some ludicrous amount of tonnage of these things that get chucked away every year unless you're using rechargeables. But sometimes rechargeables just don't provide quite... Whoa, beg your pardon, quite the juice. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> just blew me away. Yes, you're absolutely right. Um, it's great for the environment. And rechargeables, the voltage levels are slightly lower. So they're like 1.2 or 1.3 yeah. volts instead of 1.5. So they lack that that bit of oomph. Um, and I, well, I've got something like this, which is not my volts, and it's an older version of the same idea that powers my DSLR camera, which I'm using now. Um, so it's a, it's a battery-shaped plastic insert with a cable coming out that I can plug in, so I don't have to worry about the battery running out in the camera. But uh, it's a quite a thick cable, and I, and I have to leave the bottom of the of the of the battery compartment open in order to make the thing work and and I mean, this is just genius i've also used my vault stuff as well i've got their stuff powering a roland boutique and they, they just make really useful power things but the fact that you can this i think this is a really flat 
kind of cable, isn't it, that comes out. So you can probably fit them nicely in the battery compartment um, and just get rid of the battery. I think it's wonderful. No batteries leaking. Um, clearly, if you're going to be out in the middle of nowhere and, uh, and and you need batteries, then then sure thing. But it's worthwhile using this and a, and a if you can do it like a like a phone charger battery or something if it's the right weight uh, if it's the right voltage just because it's going to last for a hell of a lot longer I think, brilliant thing absolutely wonderful um, yeah i think yeah, there are totally. some there are some uh, people because you, you only get a couple i mean they're starting off at 29 euros which actually seems quite reasonable if i bring the kickstarter up we can have a look at that i think they're going to be shipping in july uh they're what about uh, nearly well no they've actually they've gone up quite a lot recently so uh this is today so uh they're wow. nearly there for their starting point so the first lot will be shipping it just seems like you know i think it's, it seems like the right thing to do and if you're using um like I say, big cells. I haven't got any of them here, actually, but I, we use these uh, power banks, which are really handy, particularly if you're stepping mm. up the voltage. You can just get a load of stuff. There's a brilliant video about Heinbach, who did a sponsored video to help the launch, where he powers one of these big old, uh, U, I think it's called Ura, um, portable reel-to-reel. Uh, uh, -reel, and it's, uh, it's oh, just right. really cool. Really cool. Oh, wow. Wow. That looks uh, that could be amazing. Yeah, I mean, I've got. Uh, I'm always worried with batteries and synths and stuff as well for for leaking. I've, I've uh, damaged mm, a couple yeah. of oh, bits God, and yeah. pieces because you just you forget that they're there. I mean, like my SH101. I, I don't put batteries anymore in in battery powered things um, that are of that ilk. You know, things like I don't know, things like the Deluge have a battery inside, and it's um it's actually a toothbrush battery. Um, which are really cheap to buy on eBay, which is which is brilliant. So and I think it's quite uh, quite unique in that way that you know if you've got an internal rechargeable battery, in since they're generally quite hard to change, and, and Deluge made it really easy to change by taking the back off, and also very cheap to change, which is a nice touch. So other other manufacturers. Take well, there, there are some things um, you there are some things you can't do, you know like the little tiny watch batteries or the big flat the flat yeah. ones that just the trickle charge to keep the menu. I mean they're always in. I mean that guy Kent uh, Kent Spong, who's a very well known uh, uh, synth repair guy. Mm. You know that is often yeah, the yeah. source of a lot of problems because once they've gone and they leak, it kind of trashes a lot of stuff. So yeah, yeah I don't absolutely. Know, there was a I don't know whether they could them. do that before, but yeah, sorry, there was a what? No, no, I was going to say I keep I keep interrupting. There was a recall on. I've got JV2080 and the JV1080 cards that go in the back. I think they have a, a, an issue with the batteries internally or something internally where they can actually catch fire. So there was a... Ooh, goodness. A, 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 I mean, it's crazy stuff. Yeah, that's a big thing. Um, so, and I, to be honest, they've just, just reminded myself, I haven't actually changed mine, so I'm going to have to sort it out. But yeah, oh, the, yeah, the, you the get mess that. and the yuck that can be... Uh, that can be can be kind of left behind by those horrendous. Well, there horrendous was. I mean, th th not only that, but even rechargeables, because there was a whole uh, uh, generation of Apple uh, laptops, weren't there? That just kind of the battery would just pop out. In fact, oh, I think they were yes. the, they were the white, uh, the little white MacBooks. Yes, I remember. Uh, we had that. one, and, yeah. and it happened to us, and it just kind of goes. Boof, and if it if it goes goes, Swells, it can right? catch fire. Because yeah. there were those things where you know they, there was a whole period of time when you couldn't take them on airplanes. Because people yeah. were worried they were going to catch fire. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Have you got yeah, one I've of these? About that. And we ended up having, when we were going to NAM a few years, we had to take certificates to sort of show that it was the serial number that wasn't affected. Wow. Otherwise, they wouldn't have let us on the plane. <laughs> Which is, oh, wow. You know, when That's you've done all that planning, that would have been a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, quite, quite, quite. Yeah, I mean, batteries are a lot better. I think, I think mobile phones focused a lot of, of money in developing battery pe technology because I mean, remember those old rechargeables you know you you had to charge them up fully you had to charge them as soon as you got them otherwise they their 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 life would sort of significantly diminish and now batteries are kind of I'd say usable and sensible size, and that's mainly been driven by the mobile phone market, I guess. But we are due a next uh, jump in, in in power technology I think you know a little mini nuclear fission based thing that you can sit inside that self-generates to a large degree you know off of off stuff it's, it's definitely a massive leap forward um but let's let's wait and see but uh, when you compare what batteries used to be like 10 years ago with their their kind of charge hold and uh, and lifespan i think we're we're a, we're a way ahead but as you say you're still getting leakage this is this is a, a huge step forward i think for anyone particularly who's sitting in an environment like this where they've got battery powered stuff that can only be battery powered 
um, then you know it's just a it's a total no brainer. And this is way you know, it's not just music industry stuff, right? This is just yeah, well, that, that, exactly. Everything. I mean, yeah. they they, they kind of created the pocket operators as their starting point, and then they're doing. It's really interesting. Oh, right, yeah. I think there's I think that I think we're heading towards this because I don't know where you are, but certainly where we are, Bath is now being uh, uh, one of the first cities outside London that's kind of trying to get. A, a petrol, you know, a smoke-free zone, and, and, and encouraging people not to drive or to get electric vehicles, mm. so you can afford to drive. But uh, th this is all seems to be tied together, isn't it? They, they just announced the Ford F one fifty, which whenever I, we went to Nam, they were the massive trucks. We went, wow, look at that! We're in America. There's a huge truck, huge pickup. Truck. <laughs> yeah. The new Ford F one fifty, which is uh, electric power, now has enough battery juice. It's a brilliant idea to basically run uh, power tools, uh, you know, charge your, your... So if you're a workman, oh. you turn up, you rock up, you can charge your phone, you can run your miter saw, you can run, you know, uh, uh, two up to 240 volts on another... So you don't necessarily have to have a generator on site, you just drive up with your massive truck and ev run oh, everything nice. off it. And that just seems like, yeah, those are the sort of innovations that probably yeah. really require to bring it into a, you know, into a... Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I, I know it's silly, but I love a massive truck. I really want <laughs> Big truck. <laughs> I'm <laughs> <Isn't that> crazy. <laughs> I was because we we were thinking about electric vehicles, you know, just to do the right thing. But I mean, the problem is, is I've never owned a new car in my life, and neither has my partner. Right. So if even renting a, a, a small electric vehicle would cost more per year than both of our cars cost to buy. Wow. So it's wow. just like. Mm. Yeah, and really if your car really has been sense. already made and it's out there in circulation, it doesn't have any more footprint, carbon footprint to be generated. There's a lot to be said for that. Plus, I, I bought my very first new car from new uh, when we moved down here three years ago, and I just had the bill for the service, uh, and so many bits and pieces have gone on it. I'm, I'm very disappointed. I'm not going to get into who they were or whatever, but it was a very, uh, it's a very nice car that should be able to stand up to the rigours of of, uh, of country living. The guy said, are you sure you haven't taken it off-road? I'm like, don't be ridiculous. I take my daughter to school in this thing. And uh, yeah, it's got quite a sizable repair bill for things that have worn out that shouldn't. So wow, I'm wishing man. now that whilst it's nice to buy a new car and it's a, it's a nice moment in life, it's like, no, looking back, I could have just done something else. You know. Well, so. if you want to do your bit, then head over to Kickstarter. Um, I'm not you necessarily, but one, um, this might be something that is useful and and, uh, you know, you could, yeah, you could do, there are various different kits starting at 29 bucks. And I think they're delivering July 2021, although they're probably going to be a second production run later in the year. So uh, if it's something that you need, then yeah, go for it. I just thought it was worth having. Uh, right. I suppose it's time to uh, maybe have a word from our friend. Modal. Yeah, Modal, the Modal uh, Cobalt 8. It's an eight voice extended virtual analog synth with innovative oscillator with 34 algorithms. Morphable four-pole ladder filter, 29 endless encoders for real-time control, internal sequencer and arpeggiator, MPE support for expression, which is really good, actually. Uh, and there's also modal app for Mac, Windows, iOS, Android, and VST3 and AU, all connected up. And look at it. It's a lovely-looking thing. If you want to find out more, head over to Modal Electronics. Uh, use the URL bit.ly slash get underscore modal, and they'll know that we sent you. And, uh, yeah, it all makes us uh, all feel good about um, them supporting us and all of that stuff. Anyway, uh, thank you once again to Modal for their support of the show. Um, right, Vid. Oh yeah, okay. Let's get into a bit of this. This is uh, uh, there is another sort of battery-related one, but I think we've we've done enough of that. So let's get onto this one. This is the SSL UC1, which is a lovely-looking piece of hardware. I mean, it really looks like a centre section of a kind of big old console. Uh, ties in with the uh, SSL plugins. You get it comes with a suite. It's actually, it's like a basically USB hardware control, but you can flip presets. It's got very uh, extended metering. And it looks a very tasty thing, but it, you know, you get solid bus compression. You get, uh, I'm just trying to see what the plugins it comes with. Uh, SSL plugin mixer. You also get channel strips, bus compressors, all from one screen. Uh, high quality metal enclosure, high speed USB. Etc. Well, I won't play the whole thing, but you get the picture. It, this is, I mean, it's a lovely looking thing. This is it in the, as the picture. And I guess it's, it, it seems almost like a sort of prestige controller. It's the sort of thing that you would get if you wanted an SSL. You've got that, that classic kind of compression meter, the knob caps, all of that stuff. But it is actually just controlling software. 
And it seems, yeah. all, not, I'm not saying it's, it's a, pr a premium. It seems like a premium thing. Like in many ways, you know, people would have, you know, having the LI, the LARC controller mm -hmm. in the middle of your centre section kind of meant that you had the really expensive reverb off. Mm -hmm. And those, like those little Behringer ones, which are actually kind of cool for controlling their software, they, they add a little bit of And it feels, it's not a vanity thing, but it's it's obviously a very capable piece of equipment. But uh, Yeah, I'm... I'm really torn uh, about this uh, it's a lovely I, I i would like one definitely i probably can't justify one i mean uh, i my immediate reaction when i saw this was pretty much that it's like well it's a it's a controller for some software you know you're fooling yourself into thinking that you're using the software nothing wrong with that um and then i was chatting um to a chat called maurice chevalier who is a, a, a moderator on the logic pro i think it's logic Logic Pro X producers for him on, on Facebook. He's an incredibly knowledgeable, um, very lovely guy uh, who kind of pops up and makes very astute kind of uh, comments and, and, and takes on various bits and pieces. And, and he instantly said, I really want one of these. I think they're absolutely amazing. It's going to change my workflow. Uh, it's really going to make my life easier. I, I really, I use these, these kind of plugins all the time on the mix bus and so forth. And this is really going to speed up my workflow. And it was the first time I'd heard someone say, you know, such a such a great take on it. And someone I really respect as well. It's like, well, this is this is another complete other side to it. And there is nothing like the feeling the first time um, I stepped in and was using a using an SSL desk. A A it's got compressor and and gate. Uh, on every single channel, which was a, a leap in science so far beyond anything else I'd ever worked on the start. This is like amazing. You can flip in the compressor and the gate and everything on everything. Everything immediately sounds more punchy and quieter. Uh, and then in the central column on an SSL, you have this classic stereo compressor, which you can just clip on, uh, flip on, and it will compress the stereo mix. And they call it the glue compressor, and it's available as plugins everywhere. And it really does glue everything together. And it's it's a it's a make it sound better button, basically. Yeah. And it's it's fabulous, and and there is something absolutely gorgeous about the memory of using this. Style. I haven't worked on an SSL for so long now because I'm basically in the box. But that that uh, the feel and the reminiscence of that thing makes me want one of these things. I have to wonder whether anyone who hasn't worked on a real SSL it will make that much difference to them in the slightest. It it will clearly make it easier to use uh, those kind of plugins. Which if you use those kind of plugins a lot anyway great you know and it, it's i like the fact that it's got the really clean displays i think it'll if i had one i think it would make my mixes sound a little bit better purely because it's <laughs> very tactile and i might set the settings enjoy the better. mixing but right i see what you're i definitely enjoy it, i know I, I think it might make me set the compressor a bit better but so fractionally it wouldn't yeah you know, it it wasn't sort of a, a facetious comment in that i probably would take a little bit more notice of the way i've got it set and it would probably sound a bit better but not that you'd particularly notice um yeah i mean there's I quite there's quite point. a lot of stuff coming in via the chat room uh ken flux pierce hey nice ken uh, uh flux with it uh, and also uh, uh um uh, uh as you had in the irc saying that you know you could just do it with eye tracking and a, and mm. a you know, yeah, but this is, uh, th there's also some comparisons coming in. It's console one, isn't it? The SoftTube console one. They oh. were kind of first to this, and theirs is a bit more universal. And now they're starting to, you know, because you can use the SSL stuff. And I guess SSL just sort of went, you know what? You know, I mean, we make hard. What on earth are we doing? Why haven't we done this? I mean, and it, the only thing that I'm disappointed with is it hasn't got any kind of audio interface. Because if they just chuck one of their low-budget USB audio interfaces yeah. in it as well. Then it might. Oh, that you know, would be it, a no-brainer, wouldn't it? Because they're not very I mean, expensive, are they? They're, they're kind of affordable. No, exactly. And I didn't touch on the price. It's it's, it's expensive as a controller. Um, so this is a kind of luxury controller item. However, I don't I haven't factored in the cost of what the plugins are. So I don't, you're getting a bundle of stuff, which is presumably That's a quite very expensive. Good with it. point. Yeah. Uh, let's have um, a look. I, that would make an awful. Yes, I think they're, they're decent prices, and I don't know what the what they yeah. actually cost. Let's have a look. Uh, four nine. Yeah, it's actually four nine nine plus fat. So that's where. So if we go to the, let's have a look. Right. The natives, but yeah. So they're three hundred three hundred bucks for the channel strip of bus compressor. So yeah, I, it looks like you're getting a decent amount of software uh, plugged in with that. But it's very specifically designed to be controlled yes. by. Um, just that, just that. I mean, and I think you touched on it as well um, yeah. before the show, saying that you, you can see that this is a start of a trend. And I think you're absolutely right. I mean, people who are making plugins like this, uh, 
it makes sense. I, I can see people buying this, rightly or wrongly. I think I, I can put my tie head on, and I think don't want to do him any injustice, but if Ty were here, he'd be probably saying, why bother? It's not going to make any difference to the sound. Spend your money on something that makes a difference to the sound. Possibly, and I, I yeah. can see that totally. I mean, I, or maybe, I, I don't know. That, that's the other, that's the argument. And I completely agree with that. And I, I can't spend $800 or pounds on something like, on something like this that doesn't have that effect, but I can see it selling. There's a, there's a, there's a kind of want yeah. factor. Well, there, there is, that, uh, there's a certain cachet. It was interesting back in the day when we were, you know, coming through, it was Neve stuff that was the, that, that was what everybody was after. And SSL was very much seen as the sort of the kind of clinical, um, mm. sort of lesser relative, which is now it's very much about the now sound. I mean, I think I would have liked to have seen, you know, if it had a fader on it or something, you know, just, I suppose mm -hmm. there's just a few things that, you know, if it yeah. had that as well, or, you know, but I suppose they're going, maybe they're going to bring something else that, that complements that, that, that means it, it, it does. Well, it's that a good too. market tester, isn't it? I mean, it'd be yeah. really interesting to see how it does, but, uh, yeah, that, not, not for me, but I would like one. It's one of those. <laughs> Uh, Jack says in the uh, in the chat room it looks a bit like a Newmark mixer. That's not wrong. I guess that's just because of the uh, yeah. because of the, the the metering that's going up the sides. Yeah, it's got the DJ mix. If it had a crossfader just just there, then it would actually. Yeah, look, you're yeah, right. That's a very good point. It would look like a DJ mixer. Anyway, I suppose uh, uh, you know it's an interesting interesting thing. Um, so uh, okay, well let's take a look at what's next. Uh, we've got a little bit more time. Let me see. Uh, let's go for. Um, well, I guess this was down to, uh, this is sort of also related to batteries. And uh, let's just play this and we can decide what to make of it. This is uh, one of Electron's stylish videos, uh, which actually, there's the handle. It's the power handle that fits the uh, model cycles and the model samples. And uh, actually, you wouldn't be able to use it with the MyVolts because uh, it's a tube and you couldn't fit them in. But you could power it with MyVolts without having to have the battery, which would well, cost yeah, you significantly exactly. less than the 49 bucks that it is actually going for. Um, I mean, it looks great. And the, uh, the idea of a handle, utilitarian, I mean, that's all cool. But uh, yeah. I noticed that the release of this video kind of coincided with the announcement that Cenk has uh, decided to part ways yes. with Electron. And I, I, I don't know if they're related. I'm making a massive speculation. But I, <laughs> I, I, because he was involved in marketing, maybe he felt that he, he couldn't keep a straight face. Because I don't know. It just doesn't feel like, you know, all that useful a thing to be pushing out there right now. No, I think that's very reasonable. And and, and hopefully Cenk will reappear soon doing something equally wonderful because he's, he's an amazing guy. I mean, where I... Were I Electron, I would have just released this as an accessory and not made a big splash about it. It's a useful thing to have if you want, and you want to pay $49 for, for a tube. It, it, I was a bit surprised it didn't have a battery in it. I think that's the thing. So this this thing is a handle that you can put on your your Electron circuits or whatever, and, and you can slide batteries into the handle, and there's a plug yeah, at the yeah, end yeah. that comes out. And but it does work it as aside, a stand as well, and then you've got that cable. Yeah, it's it's a neat little thing. It's, it's not worthy of a massive splash, and certainly not the, 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 the cliched, uh, we've got a handle on it, or, or you know, for a long time we've been working on how to make these things portable, and we've finally come up with it. It's, uh, it's just a nice accessory to have. It's a bit like the... Um, the uh, on the SH101, the little handheld controller thing. It's not going to be for for everyone, but uh, you know, a nice little thing to have. But not uh, not a massive press release. It, look, it looks like yeah, it looks like a nicely tube. built thing. I mean, I, I, I you know, it does it, it aesthetically. It does enhance. I must say, I must mm. confess it. Does, it does look. And these are good. We actually um, Ed did a fantastic review of the uh, model cycles, uh, which is a very. I mean, if you, I mean. Aside from the handle, whether you want the handle or not, the actual models are really good for getting into that whole electron way of working, even mm. though you've got these kind of tiny displays. It sort of feels like it's a bit nearer the surface than it is with some of their more flagship models. Yeah, I'm really tempted. I don't, yeah. I'm not down on electron in the slightest, actually. This is just a slightly, yeah, I mean, stuff slightly comical great. aside. Um, I'm, I'm a massive fan, absolutely. Um, but yeah, well, it just it does just seem a little bit of strange it's like yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great little accessory super there but uh there you go indeed no they they, they how many would great, that actually, let's see how many does it take i'm just seeing how many batteries does it actually take uh four aa batteries uh, oh, okay i'm just wondering if it would work on rechargeables with the with the drop in uh with power there because that would make more sense to 
Well, I don't know what the pa- yeah. What does it actually provide? Let's see what the actual. It doesn't say. Oh, you need model units running. You need. You actually need an OS, a certain OS to, to do it as well. That's interesting. Oh, wow. I wonder why that is. I wonder why it could possibly require an OS. Maybe because I know that certainly, like on uh, on a Zoom recorder here that I'm running, um, I run it on on mains power. But um, if you've got mm. alkali or uh, lithium batteries, there's a setting in the operating system that allows you to flip. Oh, so there's probably a cutout the, somewhere that yeah, it that triggers a kind of save if if the voltage drops below a certain level. As yes. in slightly, rather than putting well, the, the plug. That, that's the thing with rechargeables, isn't it? They uh, um, yeah. regular cells tend to have a more uh, uh, a slower cadence to, to off. Yes. Whereas rechargeables go, I'm finished. It's like yeah, yeah, exactly. So so that would make. I think that the deluge has the same thing. You know, if it's if it's gradually approaching the limit, rather than just going and and half saving, you know, failing in mid save to save everything that you've got, it'll probably go right. We're approaching the limit now, guys. I'm going to shut down early, but at least I'm going to keep all your wonderful work intact. So yeah, I'm I'm, well, I'm guessing. I don't that's know it. if this is. A, I can't remember if this is a live save save state box or whether it actually you actually save a project and you know whether I, I'm not quite sure how that works. I'd have to look into it. I look back at the video. Mm. I haven't had one in my hands. I know, but I mean, again, this is sort of, it was promoting this idea of, you know, you going off somewhere and doing mm. things with your battery powered stuff, which I know uh, really appeals to some people. I mean, it appeals to me when I'm doing a trade show, for instance, or we're doing, doing that kind of thing, because there's much stuff as I can run off single power sources, the better. I mean, creatively, I'm not sure. Uh, I haven't really got into that, the idea of going somewhere and being able to create music in a field. I suppose. You know, there's modular on the spot. There's, have you ever been, have you ever seen and enjoyed that kind of, that, that kind No, of I've seen some lovely videos of, I mean, there's some crazy modular guys in the nicest possible, in, in good crazy kind of way, out on boats in the middle of, of lakes doing modular with power supplies and stuff. And there is, I mean, my my remote working has been with on a, on a train trying to make tunes on, on my iPad. Like uh, when I was going up to London all the time, I would, I would try and make some, you know, some, some, grooves on a on the ipad with beatmaker or occasionally with the deluge again i don't want to keep bigging up the deluge but some, something something beatboxy with a battery um had enough battery power to to get me there and back on the train is really cool um and i, I haven't really sat in the garden and tried to make stuff but but it is a lovely kind of idea. I think a couple of people i know go out and make field recording type stuff and mix that in with work that they're doing in slightly more modular esoteric way of, of working but yeah mm. and exactly as you say in a workmanlike situation where you want to walk into someone's uh trade show or walk into someone's office or you know like this is something that i've made to demonstrate something then clearly a a, a kind of battery powered unit is is great accosting um, label I'm, managers I'm, in supermarkets look at this, look at this. <laughs> major breakthrough <laughs> um but <laughs> But yeah, I, I don't know. It's I, I'm just worried batteries are going to run out. I can't. I mean, apparently the batteries in my DSLR last nine hours or something. But I'd never go live without plugging it in, just on the off chance that it would stop mid midstream. You know, I certainly wouldn't go live on stage with anything running on a a battery. Exactly. There is a um, sort of, and also, I mean, you're t- saying about taking your deluge on the train. I mean, that sounds. I I feel incredibly self conscious. I mean, if it's an iPad or something, you can kind of more or less mask. Yeah. Well, but if you're there with an actual musical instrument, it's a bit they like, are very hey, Mister, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, they are very small, so you can get away with it. But yeah, you get the, uh, a few looks and you, you can't really be in the rush hour. You're right. I mean, an iPad's, iPad's neat and Beatmaker's a nice bit of software on there. So, you know, you, you can do it. But I have I have taken the, the deluge with me uh, and, and had it out on the train without feeling like a complete and utter tit. <laughs> Um, and, and, and kind of had it on holidays and stuff, which is kind of useful. But maybe maybe that was just me having the wrong take on what people were looking at me like. Clearly, maybe, I mean, yeah. to be honest, the, the iPad is so good at doing music stuff now. If you take us, leaving aside the lack of headphones and that kind of stuff, um, there's so much good software out there now that you, you, it's probably all you need, to be honest. And they're designed to be portable anyway. So... Yeah, well, we say that, but we were bit. talking pre-show about this sort of whole problem. There's no headphone port. Uh, and, you know, yeah. that, that is, you know, real-time interaction is just no. I mean, because then you've got to take a, a, a headphone adapter. You've got to take, it's just, it, I mean, you know, it's mm. not conducive. You can't do it that way. And that's something maybe they'll change, hopefully. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm sure they will. There seem to be. It has That's on Apple. It has to. What you were touching on with the Bluetooth uh, not being able to support... Um, high bandwidth lossless streaming which is what we did touch on in the patreon stream um on, on your patreon site it, 
it has to force some kind of change because it's unusable otherwise. If you're dealing with, with lossless audio that you can't stream on Bluetooth to your buds and there's no other yeah, way of well, getting you, the sound you can, out. You, you can stream it, but it won't be lossless by the time you're hearing it because by it's the time it gets there. Yeah. into something else. So it kind of makes... The, a bit mm. of a mockery of bothering to have all of this. And this is obviously the news yeah. Apple's. Apple, amongst many others, is just one of the latest to say, hey, we're going, uh, you know, all, you can have all this lossless stuff for nothing. I think uh, that, I, yeah, I haven't really followed up, followed that up yet because it wasn't really a major topic. But yeah, mm. it's an mm. interesting idea and it just seems to buck the trend. It's, so, But maybe that will result in people kind of valuing... Um, non-compressed stuff again and we'll get back into people yes. sort of listening a bit more carefully and, and, and whatnot. But as we found, music has become such a, a it's an accompaniment to doing other things hoovering, driving, whatever. So there's always yeah. going to be interference. You're not generally spending all that much time focusing yeah, on it's, that unless you're working on it's it. It's a commodity. It's a, it's a commodity which you can take and do what you will with. I mean, you, if it's you can, that's the beauty of this stuff is that you can take it as deep as you want to go. Same with the film industry. It's still you know, you can watch a film and really take into account the quality of the footage and the and the, the beautiful colours or, or you can just take the story away, you know and, and the same with music. You can dig as deep as you like. There's, there's always people that will never... Um, possibly get the chance or even realise there's a way to experience music in a way that will light their brain up because of the sound being so absolutely amazing. That'll be a, a bonus to some people. But it, yeah, it, it's it's always it's always been like that, I guess. I mean, it's just that it was far easy for the far easier for the recording industry to make money when the only way you could listen to a tune was by going out and buying the vinyl you know if you wanted to listen to it again nowadays obviously you can listen to it for however you wish in whatever format for monthly fee or for free or whatever so it just becomes a competitor to many other things for people's time which is obviously yeah. a shame but it's just the way it is it's you know it's, it's the future and, and it's well cool. it's interesting so, I, I, I have actually I did an interview with uh, Tim Exile uh, last week which will be coming out mm. in the next week so because it's going to coincide with them doing something uh, a launch of something or other um, mm. and uh, and he was you know the the, the, the the he was talking about this idea of making the music making act itself something that people wanted to watch because with esports People are prepared mm. to go and watch, you know, people playing games. Uh, when you yep. go and see a gig, you're kind of going for nostalgia because the band are going to play the songs that you know or like, mostly, yep. mostly, you know, general, as a general rule. Whereas if you go and watch football, you don't know what's going to happen, you know, and the same thing can yep. be happening when you're going to go and see people doing a load of jamming. So, yeah, it's going to, maybe there will be some changes anyway. I think that's very valid, and I mean, uh, Tim, Tim Exile is, is the guy behind Endless, which is a, a collaborative beat making thing. So, check it out on, on, iPhone and iPad and, and now on desktop as well was their last one, which is which is great. And I've seen, we mentioned Beardy Man far too often than the last one, but I've seen people doing loop-based stuff uh, using Endless as a tool within their kit. And, and it, it's... It's really clever. So it's 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 a great it's a great thing that's being used for more than they originally intended, which is always a sign of a great thing, yeah, I guess. Exactly. Um, but that is happening. Watching people create not just the the watch me work kind of Twitch streams, which are a thing and do generate viewers, but not nowhere near in the same masses as the gameplay. Um, but again, uh, the Discord stuff that's around now is beginning to attract people where uh, a performer will go in with a group of people and he'll be building tunes and talking to them about how they build their own rigs. I'm talking again about maybe the, the Beardy Man style loop type stuff. Mm. And there'll be a big collaborative online thing going on about, you know, I'm just trying out this bit of software and what do you think about this? And drawing people into the music making process, I think rather than just watch me make some music is definitely a, a thing that's picking up now and, 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 and possibly the next big thing. So it, it is it is interesting if you go online and I say, well, I'm going to make a track from scratch and, it, and people love that stuff, but literally bringing them in as part of the, of the stages approach that you were talking yeah. about on, on Discord where one man is presenting on a stage, but then someone else can come up, opens it up to a really interesting collaborative process which i th which i think will be a quite a big a big deal absolutely um, and endless absolutely. is a big part of that and making that possible i think and of course once you've uh, done uh, your master and you're ready you can apply all of your wonderful one-of-a-kind membership oh, for producers cool. ready to take their tracks to the next level once you join, you'll gain access to powerhouse Isotope plugins and a curated selection of tools from our partners, such as Melodyne from Celimony. 
Plus. As long as you're a member, you'll get every future update to the Isotope plugins in your membership for no extra cost. We'll also regularly serve you new curated content like exclusive inspiration sparking sample packs and preset packs and industry leading training ranging from our own tutorials to vocal production lessons from the world renowned Berkeley Online, taught by Grammy winning producer and engineer Prince Charles Alexander. With new content being added every month full of valuable production techniques, tips and tricks, and solutions to common production problems, becoming a member is an investment in your career that grows as you and your career do. For more information on Isotope Producers Club, head to isotope.com. And of course, uh, don't forget, if you also want to save with Isotope, we've got a special coupon, which if you head to isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk, you can, uh, I think that's the right button, yeah, you can uh, um, save 10% on Isotope products by using the code SONIC10 at checkout. And that works on the bun bundles. It doesn't work on the uh, subscriptions or the hardware, but it does work on bundles, we can confirm. Uh, so yeah, if you're looking to save some money on some of those excellent tools, it's well worth doing, and we thank them for their support of the show. Um, uh, uh, there was one other thing that came in. This was uh, this was actually. I'm just trying to find the page now. Here we go. So here we go. Um, I was talking to uh, a, a chap called, and I must, must pronounce his name or her name, uh, Kokopan, who's in the IRC, and they were talking about doing a, a, a coat of arms. Which, when you look at it slightly, so this is this is the proposed idea for the coat of arms, and the motto is "Omnia Autumn Probate," which means test everything. So this is a first draft. Uh, this coat of arms for me, I, not, there's not quite enough PWM in there. I think it needs to have that, but it's a good <laughs> idea. And he was suggesting, or they were suggesting, that this could be a theme that could be run with if you fancy it, just for fun. Um, so I just thought I'd throw that out there. And there's no, for, no other reason than uh, actually I can put the uh, the link to the image, and then if anybody wants to have fun, some fun with it. I, I don't, I'm not expecting I'm going to get a shield or anything, but I just thought it was kind of fun, you know. <laughs> some, it's definitely it's not suggested. enough heraldry in the world. This is, this you is think great. not? Well, it's a real art. Idea. I mean, some of the language they were using, yeah. in fact, what, what did they say? They said the wave at the bottom combined with the square shape at the top suggests an LFO modifying a square wave. Okay, might be a little subtle, but I, I get the drift. And the rings in the middle suggest the flexibility of a modular system and the sable and argent black and white traditional colours of many synths. That they um, well, has all of the right heraldic terms, so I don't know whether he's a heraldic expert, but we'll we'll soon find out. Anyway, I just thought it was a bit of fun, uh, <laughs> uh, a, 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 a bit of hilarity for uh, for us on this hot day. Um, now, where did I get Rocky? Um, Rocky sixty seven in the chat said that uh, with the with the handle, they could have put a a, a crank on it and had a, a clockwork generated power like the clockwork radio which i thought oh, was quite a nice yeah a nice that's touch. right the clockwork radio that's the i remember that thing who was it was a it was yeah. a british um, oh it, it made they, i mean it was a brilliant thing because particularly countries where some of the third world countries in particular where there was just literally no power they were able to to, to listen to the radio it's a fantastic thing who was it that there's somebody who invented the clockwork right trevor bayless that's right that's it yeah. Trevor Bayliss also what else did he invent was he this he was there's there something mm. else that he did ah clockwork radio uh, invented by Everyone Trevor Bayliss uh, wide up radio uh, was the British uh, third world countries where the affordable energy is scarce or non-existent now everybody's got a mobile phone uh, anyway yeah no interesting point that could have been an idea what, it, it could be like a rattle and you just kind of swing the thing around <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure it's that robust. Well, 49 bucks, it should be that robust, but maybe, you know, yeah. it wasn't. it's retrofitted, so maybe it not be intrinsically yeah. structural enough to, to survive that kind of behaviour. <laughs> I don't know. But good idea, though. Uh, why ever not? Um, okay, what was uh, electron power handle? Oh, yeah, here we go. This is... This is, uh, this is just a bit random. This is the benefits of audio archiving there are from... There benefits to archiving. The most important benefit of archiving is the uh, United recording. It's a bit of a pitch. Grading assets. This is Bill Wilson, I believe. Of the music, musical history, musical legacy of any artist or any record label. Degrading tapes will one day do just that, degrade to a point where they will become unplayable. So you don't want to lose these historical documents. You don't want to lose monetary investment that you've already made in recording these things originally. 
So archiving becomes very important. Anyway, this is sort of a pitch as to maybe smaller labels or why labels need to archive. And I, I agree. I think it's very important. And this resonated with me a little bit because I, I might have mentioned it a few weeks back. I got asked to provide the uh, multi-track for Tom's Diner. And I said, oh, yeah, sure, I've got it somewhere. I found it. But I found it had a load of stuff missing that I hadn't printed. And I'm fairly sure there was oh. a version where it was, but I could not find it anywhere. And so I sent it to FX Rentals and they baked it because of those of you who don't know, tapes of a certain age need to be baked because the oxide, the glue that's holding it on, starts to break down. And if you pl try and play it in a machine, it gunks up and it, you, it, it, it sort of liquefies the, the, the whatever it is that sticks and you end up with this awful mess and it all comes off and that's it so you bake it in a special oven or an oven that is very uh it's a low temperature for a long period of time and it dries it all out very slowly without damaging it and then you can play it usually only once i mean they sent me the tape back and then i got uh i think it was 192 uh 24 bit files of what it was and then what i had to do was play the bits that i couldn't find <laughs> back in which was quite <laughs> an experience but it's uh, living living proof that it's very important that you do that i mean do you do is this something you've had to experience before? Do you, you archive your own material? I mean, what, did you bother I, archiving? I do. You must have I've tapes lost, and stuff. Uh, we run a label, and, and, and there's nothing particularly in a lot of the stuff that hasn't been archived that that you'd ever want, actually. But from a from a personal point, I'd like to go and, and pull out some of the old tapes that we had, which are, we have DATs, um, yeah, and I don't think I have a DAT machine. A mate of mine's got a DAT machine. It's kind of the last DAT machine standing in my group of friends, which apparently is still playing some. And those aren't on anything other than the, the DAT masters. I have some tapes which are in a similar situation to yours, but most of the the important stuff's been archived by labels and, and by the, the label or the publisher or whatever for now. Um, but it, it did get me thinking because I mean, we assume, assuming now everything is being archived because it's available. So not just in the music case of the music thing. I mean, we have all our pictures are kind of on Facebook or, or, or on our cameras and, and our phones and they're getting transferred as we get new phones. All our music, worst case, is probably available on iTunes or as an upload on YouTube or whatever. But there was a, a big thing when MySpace kind of just disappeared and they wiped yeah. all, a, a whole ton of stuff. Um, which was obviously costing them a fair amount to, to, to keep. And as is their right, but suddenly a lot of people who thought their stuff, well, if I ever lose everything, I can always download it again off of, off of MySpace, were, were, were kind of without, without stuff. And, and we can't really assume that the technology of today is going to last anyway. So I'm not sure how you are. I think you archive this stuff on hard drives that go onto a shelf, right? Uh, um, well, the, the show, this show uh, is... Recorded to audio, it's obviously streamed to YouTube. I record this l locally as well, uh, which I will use for the. Uh, I'll cut the ads out and uh, mm -hmm. keep the intro. You know, keep the the, the, the kind of pre-show stuff on there, and that will go onto Patreon, and then I'll keep that, and that gets archived. But we work on pairs of drives, so we have a pair of work drives. One work drive just gets the work drive, and then the other one just gets synced, so they're they're in sync at some point. And if if somebody takes the other drive away and works on that for a bit. Uh, right. And we sync them back together. So, and then once those pairs are full, they go away. But that's with video. That's creating a lot of stuff. I mean, we don't use very yeah. High, we don't use very high resolution codecs now for much of this stuff because it just doesn't seem to make that. It's not making enough of a difference to to to, to warrant you know ten times the disk space. Sure, I, I, but I mean, I think ultimately my concern would be that if you pull that disc off the shelf in 10, 20, 30 oh, yeah. years time, it's probably not going to work. So You're right. even if it's, even if it's kind of solid state style disc as well. So it, it, it makes sense to push that externally to the cloud or something, but that, that can cost quite a lot. I mean, I use uh, Amazon Glacier, which is, it's their long-term storage. It's the cheapest way of sticking stuff into the Amazon cloud. So it, you, it, it doesn't cost very much to put into the cloud, but it costs quite a lot to take it off again. So the idea is that if you really need it and it's emergency, that's when you should be paying to, to, to draw your stuff down. Um, but then you kind of get a little bit complacent about the whole thing and maybe forget to push stuff up there. Or when you pull it down, you realize you aren't actually storing exactly quite the same stuff um, that you were. And all the same criteria apply, really. And I, I can see this as a bit of a, a bit of a growing problem where people naturally assume that everything is there forever on the internet 
and it's not the case. And we will start to see issues where um, not only do people's things start disappearing out of the blue, but you know, you'll start having to pay for them. There was one particular example of um, a couple of actually fishing guys, a couple of kids, that, amazing videos that they're producing called Carl and Alex. Yeah, um, I've seen who them, have yeah, an amazing, stuff. yeah, they've got a brilliant, brilliant YouTube channel with the, uh, really amazing films. And they licensed some music to use in those films of a whole series of uh, Reservoir Diaries, I think it was called, proper, really full on films. And then out of the blue, the guys they licensed the music from came and said, oh, your contract only lasted for four or five years or so, or three years. Uh, you need to re-agree new licenses for the music and it's now going to cost X, which they couldn't afford. So they had to remove those videos, literally drop them, which is a substantial source of their income anyway. And they couldn't go back and re-edit the videos without the music, which would be very simple because they just mastered, they, they just saved the masters, but like archiving shows like this. And it suddenly struck me that, you know, if you, if you need to go back and do that stuff, it's sometimes not okay just to save a, a video like this for example you need, you've got to save at least a pass where you've got the video you've got the dialogue and you've got the music in the background you know and then yeah, yeah well i've got i've got that i mean that, that definitely okay. I, I mean i've got I, I record an audio backup which is you on one right. side and or guests on one side and me on the other side so there is oh, a, kind of, so you a, could a certain it. amount really of separation but yeah I, you're absolutely right i mean it's kind of terrifying really isn't it when you when you consider that because i mean it's how far how granular you go i mean we've We've got honestly cabinets full of hard drives. I know most of them probably don't even work anymore, and mm. I can't, I'm trying to remember the last time we had to go back and do something like that. Mm. And it, it, but it feels it's it sort of baked into me that I feel I must archive everything. Um, but I mean, ultimately, I can't think of the last time I had to go back on a project that hadn't been because I mean, it's also down to whether or not you uh, you do something with the. Um, with the, the final, you know, with the final master, you know, whether yes. whether or not you need yes. to, you know, you if it's been approved by all the people involved, then, you know, hopefully that's all right. But yeah, I just want to say thank you very much to a couple more people who've been posting uh, stickers. Very kind, uh, Wagyu and Roboth. Problem is, is my sticker thing isn't working. Apparently I've exceeded the number of API calls to it. I'll, I'll press the button and see what happens. But it doesn't look, oh, no, it doesn't look like it's it. It's coming oh, up wait, at none of the... Uh... Oh yeah, something just happened there. There we go. Ah, fantastic. Classic mic drop. So thank you very much, uh, Pear Character and also uh, Robarth. Uh, I think we've got those. But yes, so some of it's working. Must have must have worked out. But thank you very much for your donations. Very much. But, but yeah, the archiving thing is very interesting because I think, you know, I, I would I was thinking, well, I've got, you know, um, down to the point where I've got S1000s full of sample data and all the MIDI sequencing yes. data on floppies and whatnot. And it would be impossible to go back and do that. It'd be quicker. It would be quicker to recreate. But I, you know, I know, but then I'd need a DAT card. An a, I need a DAT that works, which I don't have. I need an ADAT mm -hmm. card, which has um, enough... Uh, with, you know, I need an S1000 with the ADAT card that takes the AES, and that didn't always work on restore or save. Yeah. That's why whenever I was backing up the S1000 memory, I have to do it twice because sometimes one of them wouldn't work, you know, and that, that's archiving the tape as I go, and that didn't always yeah. work. So, yeah, so I, I had a couple of um, flight case briefcase style things stolen back in the day which had all my samples all of the tribe called quest stuff and like some amazing loops and stuff that i've been working on talking years ago but yeah they, they just got stolen and and i did i didn't know backups of those luckily all those tracks had already been made but I, i'd love to have been able to go back now just from a historical point of view and go oh yeah that loop still sounds great or whatever um it, it, it is how far you take it and and i'm like you i don't think i've ever had to go back and recover stuff. I've had to use Apple's time machine a few times where I've made mistakes on coding or I've needed to go back a couple of days. And, and that works okay for you? Because I haven't found And that it. works brilliantly. Um, right. You know, as long as everything's on the Mac and it's all in the right place and the backup works and, and you know, you, you, you can just page through your Mac and go, well, a snapshot of what I had on this machine three days ago was this. That's the file I've just accidentally deleted. I can get it back. And that's the way backup should work for me. I, I don't know if it's the same experience for everyone, but that actually really does work nicely for me. But when I have to think about what I'm backing up is where it begins to fall apart. I, um, you know, I have to set up something that backs everything up. I will always forget a drive or something. I lost some samples off of a, I have a separate sample drive here 
and a separate plug-in drive which has all the plugins on it because they start sp- taking up a lot of space so basically my audio files go to one drive my sample uh, my plugins go to another drive and then logic or ableton and everything is on, yeah so is you on need the to collect all and save drive. kind of thing and then yeah and, and, I, and I went to get something exactly and I, and I went to get a plug-in it turned out i wasn't backing up the plug-in drive but i was backing up the audio drive or the plug-in had, the, the backup had failed or something so it wasn't a big deal i just print thought, well, print print something. you print the stuff with the plugins that's yeah what everybody ex- exactly wants. um and, and, good, and, and sorry, it wasn't there good just, stuff coming just, in the chat room because uh hey, wagyu, wagyu says he's got a 56 hot swap hard drives in uh slots in his rack uh somebody else said uh i have t- uh, Paul LeBlanc, two massive hot swap drift raid stickers that, yeah, that, that people with some yeah. quite, but that, and that's all good. I mean, that, that's kind of like operational backup where, yeah, but the, when that, when you've filled it up and you've got to move on, it's where does that go? And, yeah. You know, because you don't want to buy a new one every time because we, we, we generally, I mean, since I've, I've adjusted the way that we work, because when we were uh, recording raw footage out of the cameras here, uh, which we still do, we still can do, but we record it onto SD card, so we'd have the actual raw raw footage, which was much higher mm-hmm. data rate than we honestly needed because it was all 4K. You know, a, a a project that we might have somebody in filming with, say it took like two hours of filming, that could be three or four hundred gigabytes, easy. Mm-hmm. And so there, you know, that's massive. Now, uh, so we would fill up a, a drive, so ten projects that we use three terabyte drives, ten projects easily. Wow. Yeah, that would fit on a drive. And then you've got all the other stuff. Whereas now, uh, because we're using, we're, we record to, uh, for those of you who are interested, we record to uh, 28 megabytes per second uh, MP4s, which edit fine and work fine in our edit system. And I did some tests where I was going, oh, is this good enough? Because I wanted to see what the higher higher quality stuff, because we've got SDI ingestion, you know, it's good, really good quality video cap. And it made absolutely no difference whatsoever, <laughs> apart from the file was literally from, you know, I go for, uh, if I'm, if, say if I've got, you know, one camera might be a gigabyte for, say, th- three minutes. If I was doing it in a high res, that would be probably 20 gigs you know, for the same wow. size. And it, it made wow. literally no difference to the way, but we're not doing kind of like color grading and film. No, you know, but we it's, don't it's need useful to, 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 to take it down to its lowest kind of common denominator, which is, which is great. But I think this is, this is clearly, it's clearly something that's going to have a, a bigger impact in the future. I mean, what's happened so far is that data as, as data has increased in size, you know, pictures have become larger, video files have become more complex the cost of hard drives has always come down at the same kind of rate. So when Google were offering originally free free Google Drive space and stuff, it was like, how can they possibly do that? And as they expanded it, that literally the cost of drives has shot, but it but has dropped. But there isn't that much more space for drives to drop anymore, really. So it's really just a case of, of, of kind of buying more drives, banging in the cupboard or or whatever. Oh, hang on a second. That's the front Some, doorbell. Someone Excuse at the door. me for one second. Well, let me, uh, yep. let me t- Hold we've on. got some, we've, we've got a few people in the uh, uh, in the chat room with uh, lots of their uh, uh, experiences. Uh, so, yeah, th- it seems like, you know, because of the larger the hard drive that you want, this particularly, since something like a Mac, the M1s, where it's all integrated system on a chip, uh, you know, you're ending up with a situation whereby... Oh, <laughs> excuse We're me. back. We're back. Okay. Um, whereby, you know, you, you still need to back that up because that's really fast memory. And it feels like a really stupid place to be putting stuff that you don't need to access that often. You know, the really fast drives that you've got on, say, the, the, uh, the system on chip stuff, the, the M1 chip, the Mac stuff, or SSDs, if they become cheaper, if we all started using SSDs, we were doing three terabyte SSD pairs, it would cost considerably more money for us to uh, do what we do. Uh, because they're still so massively expensive, but they're less likely to fail mechanically. Whereas, you know, you, you get things like the spindles get stuck and all that gotcha. kind of thing. You know, so gotcha. it really depends on, 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 you know, on the medium. The medium needs to be cheap. And the, the cloud, if you've got the bandwidth, I mean, I suppose most of my, most of my review projects are, or interview projects where I'm filming, you know, like this, if I was filming this and there was, uh, you were setting a screen and I recorded everything, uh, it would be 1080, but it, the, you know, an hour would be across maybe four or five video streams, maybe 30 gigs, which I could just stick that on the cloud. That's no problem. Yeah. It still takes quite a long time to get up there, but it's yeah. possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Glace, Glacier is on, on Amazon is, is a neat solution and it's a, just a kind of copy and forget. Um, it would start costing, I think, at those kind of levels, but it's the cheapest one I found. I'd, 
backing stuff up and storage in general, I think is overpriced for what it's actually costing the other. I think there was a significant markup going on in some of the people that are allowing storage like that. Um, but it's a necessary evil, really. I think the main the main thing is that you can't rely on um, things like you know social media sites and so forth to, to store your photos and have them available for you. Well, the I, right quality I, I was thinking, time, ima so, imagine yeah. if. Uh, you know, Amazon drives or something crashed and, and, and yeah. it was all lost. I imagine, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they're, they're, they're a bit more disaster proof than that, but it would be, I mean, You'd it'd be like so, having everybody's house have been, having been burgled, all their memory, yeah. all of their stuff, you know, because yeah, I mean, you, you, can, you do tend to trust it, don't you? It's not far-fetched to have something, you know, a film set in the future where, where there's an Amazon outage and, and literally 50% of the internet disappears. Um and the, and the, and the knock-on effect of that, you know, because they literally, they must own 40, 50% of the internet in terms of data and so forth. Yeah. And the, clearly it's dotted around all over the place at various servers, but you know, these things aren't impossible to happen. Um, Cause you notice how many Sunspots. sites disappear yeah, when, there we when, go. when, well, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, well, we're back to our, we're back to the nuclear Hide down there with my floppy disks and I'll be safe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've still got, I've still got some floppies. I don't know. I think I've got a flop. I've got a USB floppy drive that came with a really early Sony computer that I've got. So I could probably get it as just, wow. and I suppose I could get an Atari emulation. Yeah, and and run that on uh, on one of these Macs or a PC or whatever, and then attach the. I suppose it's possible, isn't it? I could get it back, and I could probably find the old crack of uh, Cubase, whatever it was that I yeah. was running at the time, and I could. Pro I yeah. wonder if I could load that up. But then I think where you struggle is addressing things like uh, MIDI ports and USB uh, real time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Stuff. You it's wouldn't. a nice little project if you've got nothing else to do for a couple of months. There you go. Oh, I don't know. Well, I did have an idea of uh, of, of doing a series on uh, will it run on a pie, and I I didn't get all that far oh, that's because good. I'm just trying to, and I would ah. like to try and do that. So you know, could we run virtual instruments? Could we run a DAW? Would Bitwig yeah. run on a pie? But I, I got as far as Bitwig, and then they said no, it's actually not compiled to run on an ARM chip. So it's like, oh well, that's that. That's that story out of the. Uh, well, I mean, it's not their fault. I mean, it's yes. just. Yeah, maybe they will because they'll be compiling it for M1, which is ultimately. I tell you, Bitwig is definitely on my list of uh, of things to check out. I'm hearing so much good stuff. Matt, uh, Matt from this this channel was 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 always on about how how useful it's it's been. And oh, he's like, a everything total, I see about yeah, Bitwig is uh, yeah, everything I see is is making me think actually I really need to check this out. Yes, another door to pay for and add what, to my list of I, things. I tell you I, what, um, this is a spoiler for something coming up. Yesterday I filmed a piece with uh, the Reaper scripters, you know, that uh, Tori Letzler was yeah. talking about. Um, they've created this, it's called uh, Super Knobs 2, which is not not out yet. But the, the level of, um, uh, the, the, the level of uh, Modification, customization of just the basic mm. GUI and functions that you can handle in, in Reaper are mind blowing. I mean, literally, you can wow. have a completely different looking program that does completely different things for your use cases. Uh, and this is the, the scripting system that they're talking about. It's a team of three guys. Uh, I forget their names off the top of my head, but um, all coded by one guy. But they're all media composers, and it just it's designed to make everything work off one MIDI controller, depending on what track you're on, the right. faders do whatever they need for that track. Oh, that sounds, all, that sounds brilliant. And, and that stuff you can do in Reaper. And Reaper is, you know, probably yeah. the most extensible by third party. It's sort of more, it's not quite open mm. source, but it's, and, and that is really interesting. I mean, I don't know how much we managed to convey yesterday on that because they were quite... Uh, deep into what they specifically wanted. But there, are, if you look, mm. there are loads of things that you can do with that that would be very interesting, I think, uh, in terms of, you know. Wow, I think, yeah, that's that's definitely the way of the future, trying to configure stuff like that. I mean, the the, uh, the expert loopers, uh, looper that I talked about briefly last week, you are able to get inside it and code in Lua, which is a language, which isn't that hard actually, to make it do stuff. And I just had a quick look at that and I was thinking, wow, if only more plugins allowed you to do this kind of stuff. You could simply do things like, um, rather than control using a MIDI, an external MIDI controller, and, and obviously you can control it with an external MIDI controller, you can change all of the settings quite happily. But if you wanted it to, it doesn't have presets, so if you wanted it to completely update 128 settings all at once, that's kind of hard and it takes a little while over MIDI to do it. So it wasn't changing absolutely rapidly on the fly. But you could stick that in Lure and say, this one button on my MIDI controller needs to fire off all of these 128 changes in one go. Thanks very much. Really easily. And it just did it. You know, just simple things like that were 
so easy to do just opening opening up the insides of the plug-in just a tiny little bit and i still yeah you don't i still think that, that techie, kid, kids need to i mean you know it's i'm 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 not as cody as you but i i've scripted mm. some stuff in lua because yeah, when we not, first started our uh, um our switching black magic switcher system didn't have any software and somebody yeah. made something called just macros which was allowed me to do all of you know run this show and do all these yeah. kind of incredible things but it was it's just sometimes it's one language too many i mean i you know <laughs> It's like mm, I know a bit of mm. HTML, a bit of SQL, a bit of Python, a bit of PHP, you know, not enough to really, and a bit of Bash and, you know, it's, it's yeah, just, yeah. but it's worth, I mean, it's get, it's worth getting kids into that at an early age because it's amazing I, what you can do. It becomes second nature and the, the idea that, you know, you don't, if you're not techie or you don't want to get into it, someone else is always around that put the code on GitHub or something or help just pick you, or the language that example. pick the language that there's enough yeah. people using for God's sake, <laughs> yeah, otherwise exactly. you're really screwed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I mean, yeah, it, just opening it up for people to tinker with is, is a really neat thing. Just like the Korg, you know, release your own operators type of stuff, release your own oscillators and things for their, yeah. for their bits and pieces, the, the, the monologue stuff. And yeah, just, it, I think it, it really helps. It really, really helps people get involved and get excited about making music, if nothing else, you know, because people like tinkering and, and, and having an effect on this kind of stuff. So, yeah. Well, absolutely some brilliant. Do. Some people don't, but yes, I take your point. <laughs> that feels like kind of a good time to leave things, you know. So learn to code, kids. I mean, maybe that's uh, maybe everyone should learn to code. Maybe that will be the show title. I'm not sure. I'll write that down just in case. There may be a better one. But uh, what was I'll the put... name of your fourth case? Super knobs was quite good. <laughs> Super knobs too. Yeah, I don't know because it's Super... not out yet. Um, um, okay. Learn to code. When's kids. the um, When's the show? Because I'd like to watch that. When When's the uh, video? coming out uh well i've got to edit it first and uh it was a nightmare because they all did it on zoom and they had all really fancy setups but it meant that i couldn't uh, record them all individually and uh, so it was okay. it's a little bit yeah so yeah, it's, yeah. it's not my usual edit workflow because my edit workflow is extremely fast usually when i've got mm. what i need mm. um the, the system we use is uh, davinci resolve for those who are interested in that thing and it is probably the fastest video editor. i mean i used to swear by vegas about eight months ago sony vegas very, I was very fast on that, but now this is just blinding. It's all done on, you know, it's very, very good. So, yeah. But not if you haven't set the assets right. <laughs> to oh, fit fair with enough. Your, well, with your workflow. But, so, Dom, thank you like so much. Watch, though, so. But, yeah, but yeah, thank, no I, I don't know. I'll let you know. But stay tuned. Obviously, do all the things uh, folks should do. You know, subscribe to the channel, ring the bell. You'll get notified about that. That's an interview. It'll be uh, represcripting uh, 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 um, or certainly a, a little bit about it. But, yes, I'll keep you posted. Uh, but but thank you, Dom. That was really good fun, and uh, thanks for yeah, fun, thank thanks you. for being the only other person because I know it can be. We made it. Uh, In fact, we, we were made, made it overtime. That's just great. We've talked for hours. No, really yeah. enjoyable. Yes. Thank you for inviting me. It's always a You're pleasure. You're more than welcome. And I want to say thank you to all our chatties uh, in the YouTube, the IRC, and also. Uh, uh, and uh, Twitch and also Facebook Live. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, assuming I did switch all of this on. Yes, I did. Phew, I just suddenly thought maybe I hadn't switched those extra streams on and the whole thing will have to go up afterwards. But, yeah. <laughs> and like I said, uh, if you want to see all the pre-show now, what we're going to be doing, we've got uh, this will be available to all tiers on our Patreon. Uh, Patreon basically will let you see uh, stuff we put up well, without ads, so you can see things without ads, but it also means you get the pre-show on Sonic Talk. And that's at the basic level, so you know if you want want to support us and get something back fill your boots thank you very much right okay well that's it thank you dom we'll see you next time brilliant sonic talk episode uh oh 671 see you next time bye bye now